0: One of the best things about cell phones these days is the do not disturb part. Mm -hmm. Have you discovered that or the blocked calls? Not that I would ever block any of your calls or want you to not disturb me, Uh, but sometimes uh, I get phone calls in the middle of the night. I mean, previous to having this do not disturb function. And sometimes they're from jail. Uh, sometimes they are from just uh, people who I guess don't realize what time it is and uh, call at, you know, one or two in the morning. And um, sometimes I see the number and there is nothing on there other than just the phone number. It's uh, without calling me. And so one time I received a call it was about two in the morning and I did not answer it, but it woke me up and it aggravated me. And I Clicked the phone, back off, and in the morning, first thing, as soon as I got up, I called the person and said, who is this? And the person on the other end said, who is this? And I said, I asked you first. And we didn't really seem to get anywhere with that, uh, and that person was never willing to disclose uh, whoever he was, but he called me at 2 in the morning and denied that he called me at 2 in the morning. So I'm thinking there must have been something exciting going on at 2 in the morning. But we went back and forth, and I just never could figure out who it was that was calling me. Well, one of the things that we are looking at today is, what, what is it like to be called? What is it like for God to call us? And do we really recognize it when God calls? Do we understand when God is speaking to us? One of the things that we're uh, looking at all throughout this uh, buildup to Lent is a season of Epiphany. And last week we began this with looking at a son, and we um, tried to understand as best that we could from the baptism of Christ what was going on there and and what it was that God was saying as Jesus was baptized there by John the, the Baptist. And then today, a calling, and you've heard two different types of calls. Samuel received a call, but also the disciples received a call. And one of the things we're trying to do with the artwork here is, uh, in the season of Epiphany is to work our way around. And, and this last uh, painting over here is this particular uh, day's text from the gospel where Jesus is calling the disciples. And so we're going to try to get an understanding of what that means for our lives. And then mercy. We jump all the way into uh, Jonah, which is uh, the lectionary text for next week, which is Jonah, chapter 3. It's just a little brief time in Jonah. And then February the 1st, uh, power. God reveals to us power. And then the 8th, activity. And then finally with Transfiguration Sunday, um, which is also the day of the Highland Parade, if you're keeping notes, is uh, purpose. And we talk about purpose. Why do we do things uh, here in the Highland neighborhood? Why has God put us on this earth? What is it that we're supposed to do? And so it's a great way for us to end this particular series. But if we look back at 1 Samuel chapter 3, you will see this. It's, it's a Sunday school story, or at least it was for me. I grew up in church, and I can remember um, stories back when I was even in kindergarten where some really gifted and caring Sunday school teachers would break out the flannel graph and uh, you know, be able to illustrate a story. And, and to do so in such a way where I can at least understand a little bit of it. This past Wednesday night, we were looking at a, a story in our, one of our, our care group stories. And it was from Solomon, uh, where Solomon uh, takes the baby and, uh, you know, they're arguing about whose baby it is. And he says, you know, well, cut it in half. And so the real mom would speak up saying, no, do not do that. Uh, we're not going to half this baby. And uh, that was a really interesting flannel graph, by the way. Um, So flannel graphs don't always work out. But in this particular story, God is speaking, and Samuel is trying to figure out what's going on. And as you look back at this story, you see that uh, Samuel is a young child, probably about 12 or 13 And if you remember anything at all about Samuel, you would know that uh, he was taken to the temple early in life, that Hannah had dedicated him to God. She kept trying to have a child and kept longing for a child to come along. And so God provided her with a child, and she said, I will dedicate him unto you, O God. He will serve you for all of his life. And so this is what she did. She took him to the temple, and he was under the mentorship and the instruction of Eli there in the temple. And so Samuel is off in his room somewhere uh, asleep, and he hears his name called you know, Samuel. And he gets up, and he goes in to, he just assumes this has to be Eli that is calling him. So he walks into where Eli is, and he says, what? what, What is it? What Uh, what do you need? And these days, we would just yell down the hallway, right? Like, what? What do you want? And so, uh, actually, no, we would text. Text. We would text (laughs) down the hallway. Yeah, Yeah. if only they had texted back then. And so what he does is he, you know, he gets up and goes down there and and asks him, and Eli says, no, I did not call you, Samuel. You're dreaming things. Go back to bed. (laughs) So Samuel makes his way back into the room, and he falls asleep, and then he hears his name again, Samuel, Samuel. And so he thinks, what is going on here? Maybe Eli is losing his mind. So he goes down the hallway, and he uh, goes to Eli and says, uh, you called me. And so here I am. What What is it this time? And Eli says, I did not call you. And he's probably getting a little bit upset at this point. And he says, go back to bed. In fact, I think we have, this is a Chagall uh, sketch. And then uh, in this next one, you'll see uh, the look that I would be giving at that point. <laughs> And probably some not so nice words that could be printed in the Bible. And so he is uh, saying to him, you know, go back to bed. And then a third time, Samuel is there asleep, probably just drifting off to sleep. And he hears his name again, Samuel, Samuel. So he probably huffs and puffs, gets out of bed, goes to where Eli is. And Eli has to be rather furious at this point. But in the midst of his frustration, he is thinking, okay, something's going on here. And he says to Eli, to to Samuel, uh, Samuel, I think God is calling your name. It's not me and there's no one else here in the temple tonight. And it has to be God. Go back to your bed. And when God calls your name again, you answer. And so Samuel goes back to bed. He hears his name called. And he begins to interact with this call from God. And what is said to him, if you uh, notice here in verse 10, Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something. I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And if you look earlier in 1 Samuel and um, and, and other uh, places, you will see that um, Eli's children are just evil." They are uh, doing all kinds of injustice in their uh, community and in their world. And the scripture says that uh, they are blaspheming God. And what's happening is that they are saying certain words in the temple or they are speaking certain words to God, and yet they are doing something entirely different with their lives. And there is much injustice that is, is coming from them. And so they're going to be held accountable for that. It says, on that day I will fulfill against Eli, or the house of Eli, all that I have spoken. And he gives Samuel this mission, even at the age of 12, which is encouraging for people who are 12 and 13, that yes, uh, and Kyle teaches this age group, yes, God does speak to them and there is um, an attention span that is available to God when God is speaking. And this is what happens with Samuel, He gives him something great to do. And if you look throughout um, the the history uh, of Samuel, you will see all the incredible things that he does. Not only is he uh, a judge, but he is a prophet, and he is a, a spokesperson for God in the world. And he is busy about God's business and work for all of his life. And as we think about his story, we think about his willingness to listen Uh, probably most of us would have um, not answered that call, thinking this is just too weird. And yet he says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He already has that heart of service. Whatever Eli has done wrong, he has done something right in the life of Samuel to the point where he is attentive and has this mindfulness or this awareness to God's activity around him. And so he is opening his heart to that, and he follows in the way of God. Today on this Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday, uh, and by the way, I was thinking last year we were at Evergreen Baptist Church, and we had a great time over there. We just closed up the doors here and all went over to Evergreen, and uh, my good friend who was there, uh, Reverend Dobines, uh, moved to Virginia uh, this past year, and I really hated to see him go And we kind of lost our relationship there with with the church. But hopefully, as they get a new pastor, we'll be able to uh, get reconnected with them and be able to uh, come together on particular days like this. But we recognize what Martin Luther King has done in our world. And so just in reading the newspaper or... um, seeing uh, things, news clips on TV and hearing uh, different things that are going on, documentaries and things this particular weekend. We remember the contribution that Dr. King made to our world. But it all comes back to a call, and that's one of his great uh, moments there before the uh, I Have a a Dream speech, and you can see in some of those photos where um, it's just one of those God moments where tremendous things are being said, where he goes off of his, his notes, his uh, manuscript, and begins to really preach from the heart and what God is, is doing in his, his life in that exact moment. But he had a calling that led him to this point. In fact, I want to read to you um, some of, of his words. And this particular uh, part comes from uh, Joan Thatcher, the publicity director of the American Baptist Convention. She asked uh, Martin Luther King to compose this statement, which you will hear in a moment. In her request, Thatcher noted Apparently, many of our young people still feel that unless they see a burning bush or a blinding light on the road to Damascus, then they haven't been called by God. And so, this is what he says uh, in uh, August of 1959. My call to the ministry was neither dramatic nor spectacular. And and I was thinking all along that it was, that there was this lightning that flashed around him and this uh, great call to ministry. But he says, it wasn't dramatic or spectacular. It came neither by some miraculous vision nor by some blinding light experience on the road of life. Moreover, it did not come as a sudden realization. Rather, it was a response to an inner urge, that gradually came upon me. This urge expressed itself in a desire to serve God and humanity, and the feeling that my talent and my commitment could best be expressed through the ministry. At first I planned to be a physician, then I turned my attention in the direction of law. But as I passed through the preparation stages of these two professions, I still felt within that undying urge to serve God and humanity through the ministry. During my senior year in college, I finally decided to accept the challenge to enter the ministry. Yeah, that's kind of the way it was for me. I came to see that God had placed a responsibility upon my shoulders, and the more I tried to escape it, the more frustrated I would become. A few months after preaching my first sermon, I entered theological seminary, and he goes on to describe what all of that was like for him. So we hear that his call was something that was uh, developing inside of him. And I, I think the same thing was true with Samuel, that what we hear on, on this particular end of it, where he's getting this very specific kind of, of call from God, was something that uh, was really the tip of the iceberg, that God had been developing things in his life up to that point. As we get to the end of his life, one of the, uh, the quotes that I'm sure that you have heard before uh, that comes from I've Been to the Mountaintop uh, on April 3rd, 1968, he says, Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, And I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Those are powerful words, aren't they? To think about just right after that, his life would be taken. And we kind of wonder, did he really know? Did he know that he was about to die? I guess we don't know the answer to that question, but obviously his life was threatened in so many ways, and he was struggling with that call throughout his his life as people would throw uh, bricks and bombs through his window at home, as people would uh, call him or uh, send him letters in the mail threatening his life. And the life of his family. As he would see his friends and loved ones around him and the people that he was marching with beaten and sprayed with hoses and having dogs uh, let go on them, Uh, he, I am sure, constantly wondered about his steps ahead. Is this really what you want me to do, God? Is this really what you want me to do with my life and my skills and, and my calling? And he came to understand that it was. And he kept on moving. And aren't we glad today? We can celebrate what he did in his life and through his calling today and especially tomorrow on his birthday as we note the contributions of his life and how they really all go back to his call. Well, I want us to consider today what it means for us to be called today. Now, we're not Martin Luther King Jr. We're not Samuel. We're not Eli. We're just us, right? But we're not just us. We are those who have been called by God, that God calls each and every one of us, that God has something to say to us. And there wasn't anything just extra special about Samuel. I mean, Samuel was 12 or 13, and yet God still had something to say, and God has something to say to you. What's that like in your life? One of the things that we're going to be doing here in the next several months is having people share their stories, and I hope that you will volunteer yours. We won't call on you to share your story, unless no one volunteers. Then then we'll just start going down the road, and that'll that'll empty out the church, right? But for people to share their stories, and I've shared mine before, When I was 13 years old, and I started to to really sense that God was calling me to ministry, and I ran about as far as I could from that. And it was my senior year in college, something about that senior year of college, where God called me away from where I was headed and led me back to that calling in ministry. And I'm so grateful, Uh, most of the time, I'm so grateful (laughs) for that. But God has called you as well, and you have a story. You have a testimony of what God has, has called you to do in your life. If you just look around this morning, you can see that. And I was just thinking about Francis, and I, I mentioned her earlier, uh, about Francis's call in life. And you've probably seen her in the newspaper all this past week, or her name's been in there a lot of different times. Not because she is necessarily wanting to be in the newspaper, but because she has a calling, to do something about injustice in, in our community. Not just here in Shreveport, but like yesterday, it was over in Minden at that, that rally because of her concern about the uh, ammunition burn that has been planned over there and what that's going to do to the air that we breathe, not just for those in Minden, but for all of us, for, for those of us here in Shreveport and in Bossier and places all around. And so she has made a great commitment to God about issues and things that need to happen here in our world. I think about Bill and his commitment, watching Bill uh, play yesterday as we were at the uh, Gap home for our block party, and just his talent and his calling. I don't know too many, uh, he likes to be called a music dude, uh, music (laughs) directors who would give up their Saturday morning to go. And to just hang out with some of the most severely mentally ill in Shreveport, and just play music and enjoy hanging out with them. I think about Mike McCrary, who's back here, who uh, has been gone and away from us. Uh, well, at least Patty said you were uh, you were working. You may have been sleeping, but um, <laughs> with with and, and both of their uh, they 're call to. Uh, serving our country and uh, serving in the military, putting their lives on the line, and my serving two tours, the second of which after uh, being severely wounded, and yet making that commitment and that call to be there. And I think about Evelyn, too. Uh, Evelyn serves, she has served for uh, the majority of her years as a school teacher. And she's retired. And most of us, if we ever get to that point of retirement, would just like to get away from kids, right? But that's not true for her. She continues to serve and to volunteer. She comes here in the building several times a week and sits down with young children and teaches them to read. And I see Elizabeth uh, Enix back here, too, who's probably horrified that I just mentioned her name. (laughs) Uh, Lampton and Elizabeth are uh, great friends of ours, and we're glad to have them here today. But Elizabeth, uh, we first met when we were tutoring over at Central Elementary and uh, just going to help children um, in the third grade prepare to take the LEAP test and that commitment and that calling that is there to care for people in the way that God wants us to care for them. God has called all of us. And I could, if I had time, could go all throughout this room and point out how God has called you to do great things in this world. And that God will make a huge difference through you. So as you look at 2015, what is it that God is calling you to do specifically? What are the things that that God wants you to be involved with on a daily basis? Who are the people God has called you to. I mean, for, for Samuel, it was to go out to Israel and, and to uh, do the things that God had called him to do there. For us as a church. we are here in the Highland community. We talk about the red box. and whenever we started the church, we said, there's so many things we could be involved with in the community, but we're just going to take this red marker and we're going to draw a box around the Highland neighborhood. And and even if not all of us live in the Highland neighborhood, this is our calling, and we are going to dedicate the rest of our lives right here to what happens in this box, that there's enough work here for us to do to last forever. And the same thing is true for you as an individual. God has given you a specific calling. Now, a lot of times I'll get a, a call on my phone, especially if I'm, I'm waiting on a, maybe it's a conference call or I'm waiting for somebody to call me. And uh, I, we keep missing each other. And by the way, if you ever go downstairs with your phone, uh, you know, it, it is a uh, black hole down there in terms of uh, being able to get any reception. You, you go down there, you just totally lose your signal. And so if I go downstairs and I'm waiting on a call, I'll forget about it and I'll come back upstairs and my phone will ding and say, I got a call. And, uh, you know, you play phone tag with people. And so what I'll have to do is just lock myself in my office and uh, just sit down, put the phone right there, and wait for the next call and be able to, uh, to get that call that I've been waiting on. Sometimes it's that way with God, too. God is constantly calling and trying to get a message to me. And if my life is full of distractions and if I have too many things that are going on and so much noise around me, That I completely miss what God wants me to hear. As we go into this next year, let us listen to what God has to say. And let us say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks today that you desire to speak to us. It is really unbelievable that you would mention us and even call us by name, and yet you do. We consecrate ourselves to you today that as you have revealed to us the things that we need to know, that you would lead us out from this place to do your work, to follow your calling.